We all face some silent struggle, but trust me, you are not alone. I'm your host, MJ, and every week we break down a challenge, success, or struggle with someone who's also been through it. We learn from lived experience and love to share tools, resources, and concepts that might help you get off the struggle bus. Interested? Subscribe for more. Let's get into it. We're back, and it is API Heritage Month. I get to speak with Kaleo Nadal, who is an author and public and nonprofit sector survivor. Like me, I have resilience. <laughs> you gotta, if you don't have it, you get it real quick, don't you? <laughs> I would also say a fellow pandemic parent. So here's to the struggle bus because the we've struggle bus. It. Yeah, thank you so much, MJ, MJ Flo Wells, or as I know you, baby Maria. Okay, because full disclosure, the struggle bus writers and uh, who are on or off the struggle bus, some of us that make it a habit, like myself. Full disclosure, I've known Maria for about mm, close to 30 something years. I'll tell you how I found this out. Okay, so one day we had been kicking for a length of time, and I was like, okay. And I say to my husband, we're going to invite Maria and family over for dinner. So Maria comes up to my house, my apartment in Uptown, my rent-stabilized apartment. That was great. And if I know what I know, I probably wouldn't have given it up, just would have probably knocked down some walls and made it bigger. But she comes in and we're talking stories and then she drops a name. I'm like, how do you know that person? She's, oh, from Ridgewood Bushwick. I'm like, oh, how do you know about people in that area, Filipino people in that area? Because I'm... Probably one of the few people that got out of that neighborhood that didn't end up in Long Island or Florida or Arizona. And she's like, I grew up there. And then in the middle of my living room, I'm like putting Hawaiian poke bowls on the table. And I'm like, looking, I'm looking, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so-and-so's baby sister. So yes, our beloved Maria, our MJ Flo Wells podcast extraordinaire, the Phil M. Olivia Pope of New York City and New York State. I'll accept it. I'm working on receiving. Thank you. Receive it. Who knew that the little girl that was scared of snow and her brother taking off his jacket in the cold, I remember that face. I remember it very very vividly the more I think about it, would become to be one of the most, actually one of the most astute and brilliant civic minds, particularly when it comes to engaging people, new Americans, recent arrivals to this country, and younger people, although that's up for debate because every day, like Steph said in her time visiting, every day we draw further and further from God's light. Every day we draw further and further from being young. We're aging like fine wine. (laughs) Oh, see, listen, black don't crack. That is very true. Asian don't raisin, but it does ferment. Process. So happy Asian American and Pacific Islander Pacifica Heritage Month, y'all. Because the aging process for many Asians and Pacific Islanders is that we just seem to not look how we chronologically are. 30 was will always be the new 50 for Asian Americans. And then there just comes this one point where you go to the doctor and you go in there thinking that you just need you have a little heartburn. You come out, two weeks later, bam, you're wearing like the tracksuit with the gigantic sunglasses and you're like 80 and you got like this whole tribe of grandkids running around and you didn't notice it happening because Asian don't raisin, but we do ferment. 
And then, but then if you're, if you're part Asian, then whatever the other parts in, they also take over. So homegirl over here, he's out of luck. But yes, and also in full disclosure to Off the Struggle Bus listeners, I am on and off the struggle bus depending on the moods of my children. Today, this morning, I was on the struggle bus. It is likely I will be off it tomorrow because it's Saturday. And then Sunday night when we're going back to school from spring break, I will be riding it, desperately pulling that chain to let me off this. Like, stop. <laughs> back door driver, come on, come on. Back door. <laughs> But I'm glad to be here and I'm glad to just watch all these amazing things you're doing and being a part of it this time. I wanted to bring in my people for season two. And the challenge for me this year is, can I do an episode a week? Maybe. I don't know. But <laughs> we have you, to... You could do an episode a week. If you I, want to. If I want to. That's the thing. I'm like, do I want to? I think, and I think that's the question that very brilliant and productive people and who do things because there's brilliant and productive people that can do things that don't benefit anyone but that brilliant like some people who have a company with social media and other related factors we hear about them all the time and for some reason they're allies but brilliant and productive people that do things like save democracy or you know healthcare or anything that services something bigger than themselves and their wallets the question is not can i do what we do i want to because mm-hmm. I already know that what I can do will benefit others. I will do my part in making this world a better place. But do I want to do one this week? And if the answer is yes, and that's great, because then it's going to be fabulous. And if the answer is no, then that's great, because the people, your people, season two people, oh, I like being on season two. <laughs> We're all here saying, that's right. Take this week off, girl, because you, yeah, you can do one a week. The question is if you want to and know that season two, cast the season two. Gotcha. Like whatever choice you make, because you do a lot of good for a lot of people, and a lot of people don't are maybe not cognizant of the level of skills and the level of things that you've accomplished. And you're yes, because you're younger than me, but what else? Thank you for seeing me and knowing me all these years. You've known me before I was MJ. You know me as even before I was married. Rare, a rare breed over here. I knew you before you were living in Vegas with your family. Okay, so this is all. So you got some real. Oh, like I, I love crispy, but guess what, girl? I love you, but I've known her longer. Sorry. (laughs) And this is the better thing about having your people up on. And Danny, I love you too, but I've known her longer. So you have season two people up on here. So and you know these two lovely ladies go first, so I can go over here and banter, and they can't banter unless they come back, which is fine (laughs) because I love them. And I could use a couple of reads and a couple of roasts and drags. It's fine. Oh, oh my good. gosh. I can't wait to be starting to record in person, which will be a thing. Okay. And, I'm, and let's get Crispy and me and Danny in one room. Come on. Well, I'm, that is something. That is something. That's, that sounds like a good idea on paper, but it might not be. <laughs> so, speaking of a shared struggle, pandemic parenting, am I correct? And remembering that you entered the pandemic with one child and exited with a total of three? Yeah. So first, I really need Dr. Fauci or like even Cal Penn to define if we are in or out of this pandemic. I think we're in a better place when it comes to it. However, there are certain things that are just hard to shake off after the intensity of the last three years and pandemic parenting. Now, the answer is yes. 
I had big plans for 2020. So a, a few years ago, I started building this publishing company and 2020 was the year that I was really going to go in head, huh? And go head first. And my son's going to go to daycare. He's going to socialize with kids his age. And then, yeah, no. So no, it didn't happen. My husband and I, we went in with one kid and ended up here three years later with three. And I have to thank the gods of fuck around and find out. Because I don't know if you remember, maybe this was one time we were sitting at a bar, we were sitting at the bar in Jeepney or Maharlika or something that you and I were sitting there. I was just like, you know what, Maria, I think I'm going to have 13 kids. I want to have a mayor, a comptroller, a public advocate, and a borough president, and for every borough, so that's five, and then a district attorney. And I want to be the mother of New York City. Let me tell you something. I got a mayor, a controller, a public advocate, and I'm just like, you know what? Can I get a scheduler instead, please? Pandemic. Oh, those schedulers, yes. <laughs> Pandemic parenting is a trip. And it's hard because I have no frame of reference what it is like to parent more than one child outside of a pandemic or outside or in a post-pandemic world. I understand that it was much different. There was less anxiety about if your kids touch something at the playground. And it was easier to get things done on a timely basis for one of my daughters because she was born at the tail end of 2020. She was born December 2020 and, and get her home from the hospital and everything. But because this is around the time where they're testing and launching rollouts for vaccines. My husband's an educator, as you may know. And so I was like, okay, he's an educator. So he's going to be up on the top of the list because they need to get teachers and professors back on, on campus and in schools. So he's going to be on the top of the list. I got mm-hmm. these two kids. And essentially, I'm a sort of self-employed, stay-at-home parent, somewhere in between those two things. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to get this vaccine. So her vaccines are delayed because there's something going on with the whole supply chain thing. Yeah. So everything that happens at two months got pushed back to three. And I'm over here freaking out. So I signed up for this AstraZeneca trial, thinking that I have a better chance of getting a vaccine, that we don't know what the effects are, but we don't know what the long-term effects of this virus is. And <laughs> I get this, and I get this vaccine, I get it, or placebo. Turns out I did get the vaccine, so I actually have. So I have three different versions, but the whole point is that... Cocktail. <laughs> I, yeah, I got a cocktail, a cocktail of COVID vaccines, and the whole thing is that the things that happened with my son, because my son is five now, so it was 2018. So we got to do his vaccination schedule and we got to do a number of things we couldn't do with baby number two. So mm-hmm. baby girl didn't get a number of which, which adds to the anxiety of pandemic parenting because, oh my gosh, what if she asks and she sees pictures of me and her kuya doing this, that, and the third when he's 18 months? Because... I tell you, when my son turned one, I let go of a lot of the anxieties that I was going to like accidentally maim or harm or do something to irreparably damage physically my son. Yeah. He seen me in the morning without coffee, so I don't know about what we can talk about that. <laughs> but there was like so many things I wanted to do with baby girl that that I couldn't do because you know we, there were still so many COVID restrictions, and he, our son, was also home, and there was like this issue of kids going to daycare and coming home with COVID. And particularly with kids in certain delicate situations medically and certain things that are governed by like insurance that doesn't always respond well. We weren't sure when we can get our the kids vaccination. Of course, the approval didn't come out for a length of time anyway. Fast forward all that, I'm trying to juggle this. And then I'm like, 
let's get off this struggle bus because we are a family of four in this two-bedroom apartment. I'm like, hon, I think I'm ready to stop the fantasizing of winning the lottery and buying these beautiful brownstones. I think maybe we should start looking into something that is actually realistic in terms of setting roots. I was born and raised in Brooklyn. My husband moved here for grad school, hasn't left, has no intentions on leaving. And our children were born in this city. So we're like, yeah, this is where we're going to raise our family. So then I start looking around and he lets me take the lead on it because he has his stuff going on and I'm all up in everyone's business and acres and everything like that. Looking at real estate property records and stuff. Never thought I would do a co-op in a million. Really? First of all, what explaining to my friends who live outside of New York, who didn't grow up in New York. And even when I think about it, folks that did not grow up in, in like Manhattan or the Bronx or certain parts of Jackson Heights, they have no idea what a co-op is or how it works. A co-op is, it's a cooperative. It's a company basically that owns a building and you're not really buying the apartment, but you're buying shares of the company. And in return for those shares, you get this proprietary lease, which gives you this home that you're in. So you own shares of a company and with those shares come a lease that entitle you to, to the use of this particular apartment. And it's governed differently. There's a lot of lots of benefits to being in in a co-op situation but here's the here's the part where the struggle bus got really real so we are a lovely family of four and it's 2021 so there looks like there's going to be a return to a familiar normal because let's be honest nothing is ever going to be the same in this world after covid so it will be a there will be like whispers of the familiar prior to covid in this new normal that we're going into co-op process is it's very unique as in when you're buying shares legally of a corporation so mm-hmm. people can decide if they want to sell it to you or not so we put in an offer on a place across town and we put in an offer it was a great space it was a little further out than from where we are now but hey we're not like we're not corny gentrifiers. I'm going to come in. And I'm going to be like, listen, I'm from Brooklyn. I'm, I respect the ways of uptown. I respect the OG school people that have been here forever. Tell me how to act and I will cooperate. And I will yeah. make sure my family does the same. And then the board declined declined our, our offer. And I was like, fine, I'll decline to want to live in that building now. And it worked out because we found this place. It's a HDFC call, but I'll get into that in a second. So we put an offer on this place and then the offer is accepted. And this is 2021. It's August 2021. And two days after this beautiful apartment that is perfect for a family of four. After that offer is accepted, we get news that another baby's on the way. I'm like, I can't retract the offer because the good faith deposit has been made. The lawyer already wired the money. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? This is New York. And this is the New York that I know where you have a three bedroom with a family of five or six in it. And let's be honest, even if it's perfect for a family of four, it wouldn't be perfect forever. So why not just accelerate the process? And add a <laughs> person? That has been the last year of our life. So we sign, we close, we go through the board interview and then the board approves the sale. So we close and every day, basically we move in around a little bit before my son's birthday, which is February. And then March, baby girl two comes home. So baby is girl. So Bunso girl is home. So I'm on and off the struggle bus. I named my personal struggle bus. Is there's called, a name? Yeah, it's called the WTF38 because I live because you know we lived on 38 when we was kids. <laughs> one that ran up and down Decal Avenue. So now yeah. I just said the B because I don't live in Brooklyn no more. 
it's going to be the WTF because I'm going on 38. But I think I might up the number to, because I'll turn 41 next month in June. So I'm going to up it up to 41. So it's going to be the WTF 41 bus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but it all works out. It all works out. Despite the late nights, the no sleep, the potty training, and then the potty training again, and then the dreading of having to do it again, and nobody wants to eat their vegetables. Everyone demands this wonderful dinner that they don't eat. Fighting over iPads and little girls beating up their big brothers. It's surreal because pandemic parenting, the pandemic part of the parenting made me realize that nothing is permanent. So how can I make something as permanent as possible for my kids. What would be, when we look at the pandemic, so many people, thank goodness that there were good people in policy that did the the eviction moratoriums and stuff, because lots of people were on the verge of, they lost their jobs because of the pandemic. They lost a lot of income and they were going to lose their homes. And I'm like, okay, so what's the one thing that could alleviate that from my kids? And I'm like, oh, I guess I got to buy something. And I never thought that would happen. More millennials have crossed into home ownership this year. It's like the first year that's happened. Wait, this year is in 2022, 2023? 2023, yeah. Who's interest rates? That's what I say. I have to find the article, but it's like you see the graph and this is the first year where millennials supposedly have crossed over the rent. There's more homeowners than renters. I'm like, where? A lot of people, mainly folks of a parental generation, not us, because we the cool, gentle parents and shit, but we talk about them <laughs> old school people that raised us, and that we have to re- that we revisit their mistakes and the things that we would have done differently. That's why we're all in therapy. <laughs> Let me tell you, at 3 a.m. last night, I'm like, my father said this to me when I was five years old, and did I say something that sounds like that to my son today or yesterday or like last two weeks? But they have this expectation that like, oh, you're like, you're just buying a house and you're just buying a home now. And you're like, you're approaching 40 and you have three young kids. And I'm like, yeah, because I was messy in my 20s and I didn't meet my husband till my 30s. And being queer, growing up queer, knowing you're queer, knowing you're different, it's not the same as it is now. I'm very grateful for the environments that many young people have, young queer people, young queer trans people have now to live their truths and live authentically as themselves with the love and support of so many. But that wasn't the case in the 90s and even early 2000s. In the early 2000s, you were always somebody's gay friend and you were commodity. And then that look that people would give when, oh, are you okay? Because they're getting married. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want him. But (laughs) to, to be married and to have this pretty typical American life, it's, it's surreal. Home ownership, of course, is not all it's cracked up to be. But, I heard. Yeah, that's and that's the beauty of being in a co-op because everything outside of the walls I'm responsible for, whatever goes on inside the walls, the building is responsible for. So if a pipe burst, it's not my bad. They don't need to know. They don't need to know that my daughter was throwing something around and it made the pipe burst because she threw it so hard that it hit the wall. I don't need to it happened inside the walls. What I mean, pandemic parenting makes you revisit your childhood, makes you wonder, makes you feel comfortable about the decisions you make makes you do something like buy a home and makes you do something like be the most resourceful person about about doing it because we had to be resourceful during this pandemic. I was supposed to go visit you, but I thought I had COVID. 
when you were in there, I was like, I'm getting down. I'm like, I got this flu. Oh, this might be that COVID thing. Oh, I got it out of the way before everyone else. Yes. But I can't go see Maria and the baby. Oh, she just had this beautiful baby boy. Oh, my gosh. And I sent that blanket too early. Oh, my God. Da, 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 da. He still uses that blanket. Because Tita's just, I just, I'm magical. That's what it is. I know the babies. <laughs> I, and I'm really good with children. Not mine, but everyone else's. <laughs> yeah, very much. I love children. I love mine. I'm just not good with mine anymore. We had to be resourceful. Did you expect to be welcoming your son while wearing a mask? No, I didn't. I was the last week possible in the hospital. Remember, he came four weeks early and everybody was in that room. Stephanie okay. was in that so room. Are you sure that you and your and your husband are like, you all don't have some kind of like other ancestry? Because I've never heard of a Filipino baby or a Filipino coming four minutes, four weeks, four seconds early to anything. <laughs> Yeah, check and see if you got some like some weird on time ethnicity, or maybe well, there's a tribe in some in, in, like the mountain regions that are on time for everything. You're saying you need a scheduler in your family. I was the scheduler for two different appointed officials, so I think maybe that's some trauma. And also, let's remember that Jay was induced on Super Tuesday of 2020. So talk about a political baby of political babies. Oh my goodness. I am looking at the next Senate Majority Leader. And he's going to come in there with some pandemic stuff. Be like, none of y'all grew up in this pandemic the way I did, all right? If I had been born if I had been born on time, I would not be here leaving this great body. This is what it needs to be. So you better thank the fact that I came in earlier. Thanks Super Tuesday 2020. Oh my God. But see, yeah. that's the kind of resourcefulness you need. And, that, and I think... When we're parenting these young littles through this pandemic, they're going to come up with more resourceful things because that's all they know, like how to MacGyver through everything. MacGyver through the playground. Even though they don't know who MacGyver is. (laughs) Now, see, you didn't have to say all that. See, this is why we said every day we get further and further from the light of the Lord. This guy has shot me out that they don't know what MacGyver is. They're going to look it up because if they're going to be attached to the tablets, they can figure it out. The resourcefulness of pandemic parenting is something that you probably would have not seen since World War II. Something as so uncertain as a global pandemic and war, you get resourceful. So then being resourceful was what was the easiest way to make a homeownership viable in a city that's ridiculously expensive? The HDSCs has a very interesting history. It's basically a lot of multifamily buildings that- fell apart in the 70s and 80s and that the city had annexed because of derelict repairs, but people were still living in them. And the city turned around to the people that were living in these buildings and said, hey, how about you buy this apartment for $250? We'll keep the taxes low, but you guys just take care of it. And that's how the HDSCs pretty much came about through bad landlords who did not properly take care of their buildings. The city turned ownership of the buildings to the tenants and on some were able to successfully manage a building. Some had to outsource them and some were actually removed from the HDFC program. What HDFC program basically does is that it is a way to manage the property taxes of these buildings, keeps them low and affordable, the whole, the original, and they do restrict families or persons from purchasing into these buildings by income. Home ownership is not all it's cracked up to be because now... You really want to make sure, for me at least, and I'll speak for my husband as well, we really want to make sure these rooms connected under this ceiling above this floor 
are sustained and managed properly so that way any one of my kids or all three of them will be able to always have a place to live. It's not this glorious American dream, but then again, neither is parenting. Parenting is rewarding. Parenthood, whether it's your first, your second, your third, often brings people to this thing of, wow, the world is bigger than me. It's Mm -hmm. bigger than than my desire for sushi on a Tuesday night. I will say that I am really thankful to have you in my friend circle. And speaking of like pandemic parent friend circle, I have a special love for folks who have toddlers, who've had toddlers since 2020. (laughs) It's a very specific window of time where we were all navigating the what the fuck. Like we were all on that bus. <laughs> oh, we were all asking each other, yo, is it safe to go to that playground now? They opened it two days ago. I'm like, nah, I might wait out another week. Let the UV light from that sun. <laughs> kill it. A more. <laughs> Close the playgrounds. Oh my gosh. There was no outside. And mind you, like I had a newborn too. And so there was nobody. It was just us two. It was just me and Bobby navigating with the babe. No family, no friends coming through six months in and it was and it's a different level of community care this community by a nihon motherhood thing that you're looking for that you need yeah whoa wow yo yes i never had a mom i never had a proper like mom support like right after i had the baby it was like flying solo for six to nine months like i saw my family of course like my brothers evac'd me out to jersey but for a day or so. But that actual like care and healing, I think this is why postpartum like hit me so bad because I was solo. And Bobby's mom would call every day. But phone support is very different from like in real life support after you've been cut open from yeah, a C-section yeah. and like navigating around. I'm just thinking about what kind of experience that has been I'm like oh because I thought I had a bad having a two-year-old and a newborn and we're still not sure what's going on with this pandemic but at least there were people because that's when people started developing their bubbles like we couldn't even be in a bubble we could you couldn't be in a bubble at that time when you have this two literally two two week old human being like saying I need this I need that but not using their words and just screaming and on top of the lockdowns My husband was working in restaurants at that point, immediately got let go. And then me going into maternity leave, the already terrible maternity leave that I had, because I was senior staff, they were like, oh, we have to cut the senior staff salary 50%, which unfortunately, Maria, affects your maternity leave. So I'm like, you're telling me that I just had a baby. I have no support. (laughs) This country doesn't care about moms. (laughs) I need to say this. Now that you brought that up, let me tell you something, all right? Being a queer, same-sex couple, two men walk around with a baby when it was just one. Let me tell you about how everybody, oh, you take your son everywhere. Oh, you're such a good dad. Kevin, bring that baby to work. Oh, go your papa to work day. Good for you, doctor. Blah, 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 blah. Ah, You're going to be just like your papa or your other papa. Blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, okay, yeah, that's it. I get on that, but I get on the one train with the baby. I get on the A train or the or the two train, whatever train I get on. Somebody's giving me a seat. If a woman tries to nurse her baby on a park bench, someone got something to say. Brings her baby with her to the office because she's just running in and out. She couldn't find a babysitter. Why does this world hate women? And why do they hate babies? Yeah. 
I can understand why there, there might be some kind of like resentment and disdain towards babies because they cry a lot and then they throw things at you. They bully you. <laughs> they bully. <laughs> the part that boggles my mind the most is, which is why it's the struggle bus is this on and off thing, is because we have this 2020 catastrophic event. And we're all in our houses and we're all sitting there doing what, what, what all the gurus say to look at our lives. And we're looking at our lives and we're seeing the vulnerabilities in our society, how this world treats women, how this world treats people who are different and how the supply chain and how things are getting. The guy that went out and cleared out Amazon warehouse of all the Lysol so he can resell them. Wow. We're looking at these things and we're like, we've got to do better. Dolphins and the Loch Ness Monster are cruising down the Hudson River and stuff. Nature is healing. We are the disease. And yet here we are three years out from that particularly dark space. And I guarantee you, you just described the maternity leave of some senior staff at some big shot agency on Madison Avenue because they had to take cuts because, you know, the interest rates are high, whatever, and it's going to affect our maternity leave. The struggle is that we learned so much, but we're not doing shit about it. So yep. we're back on that struggle bus. And then some of us are over here saying all these things, but nobody cares because they want to watch the next, what do you call it? The next episode of Beef with Ali Wong because it's good. So. It's, it, it's so good. <laughs> it's too good. I had to stop watching it because I was like, I'm seeing a little too much of myself in this show. But the point I was going to make is I really appreciate pandemic parents and friends like you because you guys don't know how much you've got me through the past three years of life. Me? It was all text messages. If your nipples are chapped, just put lotion, baby. Okay. How's he doing? Okay. How's his poop? He's going to be fine, baby. You got this. You were built for this. You are a great mother. You're doing a great job. Maybe one day I'll see you soon. <laughs> I know. And it wasn't until this year that I saw you in person. And I finally met this beautiful boy that I was oogling about. Yeah, he's not that baby. I mean, he's a baby, but he's not the baby. Like, I wanted to go see him in the house. I wanted to walk around and tell everybody that I met the Senate majority. I held him in my arms. He was less than 24 hours old. But I got that damn flu that I thought was COVID, that I wished was COVID, so I could have beat everyone. I gotta be a trendsetter and shit, but... I really wonder if I will ever be done with politics. No, you never done with politics because you a mom now. You're a mom. You're gonna put your son in school. You're gonna put your son through college. Your son, you're gonna you're gonna be a part of your son's life. And there's politics everywhere. The policy that affects education, that affects school lunches, that affects. I made a rule for myself, and I don't care. Mm. And let my children see this seven, 10, 15 years from now. My rule is that my kids. We are in New York City. They are allowed to date when they are in high school. They are not allowed to date anyone in their high school because of the politics of it all. So if my kid is going to, like, if all my kids are going to the fame school, they can't date anyone in that fame school. They can go to the School of Professional Performing Arts and date everybody there. But you're not dating the same school because of the politics of it all. When I said that to a couple of my friends, they were just like, that is some weird Brooklyn shit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I can ever move back to New York. I think you could. First of all, the rent's too damn high. So I told Steve Raga, the first Filipino elected into the New York State Senate, I basically told him, like, if I were to move back, y'all need to do something because okay, the rent's I, too damn high. I think he will. It will take time because he's still like a freshman assembly. Uh-huh. But I'm going to tell you one thing. He is—he got thick skin. Yeah, oh, he's, yeah. He is a good sport because I was heckling him. 
at that time that we saw each other in this encyclopedia. I was like, so what do you think about this justice that the governor's appointing? How would you think? What do you think? Well, I want to know your opinions. <laughs> oh, my gosh. To coincide with the resourcefulness and the resilience of pandemic and Asian Americans, like Asian American people can't be pretty resilient because I was trying to like see, what, oh, 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 let's see, let's see. And Steve just showed this, like he was built for this. Oh, yeah. Steve. So what he's going to have to do is one, he's going to have to make sure that there's rent, like that you visit the rent stabilization laws and the rent control laws in this city. And also if we can do something about the level of agency that some homeowners associations and co-op boards and condo boards have, because you never met someone on a power trip until they're given the power. For him to go into this role and to see how he's gracefully managing it, particularly in a time where there's all these conversations about amongst Asian Americans and with outside of Asian American circles, how we were viewed and seen in this great American life. It's... <laughs> he does it well. And, and I'm really excited because I haven't been paying attention to Albany too much because after a particular person did her a particular suggesting of particular justices, I was just like, I'm done with this. I'm just going to sit here. And I'm just going to sit here and read the mayor for filth every day. It, it does give me hope that the struggle bus <laughs> when it comes to policy might be a discontinued line. And then we can just ride the struggle buses of getting our kids to eat a healthier dinner every night. I wish that was the only struggle bus we were on, but this is why I think I'm never going to be done with politics, right? Like my day job is democracy rights, but then I don't know if you know this. I'm on the board of New American Leaders, the Action Fund. Well, I knew. Oh, you knew. Okay. Well, maybe I just get Google alerts about when people's names pop up in press releases and stuff. Maybe because <laughs> it's people that I want to watch because that way I can just say, I told you so to some certain spousal associate of mine and say, I told you this is what I want to watch. I told look now look what she's doing now. Actually at that encyclopedia book lodge, Steve was trolling me a little bit. Do you want your Wikipedia to say you live in Jersey? And I was like, Steve, why'd you have to go there, dude? I wouldn't have phrased it that way. I'm trying to be this gentle parent. I'm trying to be gentle parenting with my mom friends too. So I would have suggested a lifelong New Yorkers in your Wikipedia page, which means you got to get back across the river. But listen, I get it because even when you're across the river, there, there's no place like this city, particularly Manhattan. And the minute you get out of the city limits, things change drastically. Some of the things are designed to be more conducive to raising young humans. This city doesn't give the appearance of that. You really have to dig and look. You have to discover things like the Children's Museum of every borough and find out when they're open, when to get there, and navigating the subways or the cabs or the buses or something like that. And it's much easier. It's, much, it's more in plain sight. But here's what I have to say. And this is what I said, because a couple of my friends that I love very much were also like pandemic moms or we all have children the same age. And I have at least I have one child for every age that these new mom, newer moms have. I'm, gonna, I'm telling them, like, you pack it up and leave New York. But when your kids come back, here, they'll be tourists. I know. Is that what you want for your children? Wow. That was a deeper stuff. Oh, yeah. I went there. You went there. Yeah, I might not have many friends after that, but hey, you know what? I'm looking out for their kids. I told you I'm good with everyone's kids but mine. (laughs) Let's close it out with this. Knowing that we're watching some folks and it is API Heritage Month, who are the people 
that you are watching. You are one of them. I am very excited about Assemblyman Paraga and the things that he's going to be able to start doing once he gets out of this whole, whole freshman phase. I would imagine there's a level of hazing and a pecking order in the assembly. A couple of friends are in the process of starting something, and they are also API. But I'll say his name here. He Chai Jinda Surat. He's one of the vice presidents at Nonprofit New York for policy. Okay. Um, and he's also a very dear friend of mine, but he has some other things in the gears. I'm actually also looking at Ali Wong. Um, okay. Because she's real as F. And I watched her first special and then I laughed. And then I watched her second special and I was a parent and I lost my mind. I watched the third part. I was like, yo, that is real too. And I'm watching her because... There have been many Asian American women who have been comics, who have done TV shows, Margaret Cho and All-American Girl, and then got a, even Mindy Kaling. But Ali Wong does something much different in the way she does it. There is this sort of kind of Cobra energy. Like, yeah. she has a show Beef, and from what I understand, what I've read, it went to a bidding war, and Netflix eventually won it. And I think that's just, like, someone who could set the standard that... Because she's very, very committed to telling her stories, to doing her craft her way. The reason to watch that is because as we shift into this old but new normal post-pandemic, if we're even post-pandemic, there is an expectation that that the level of perhaps anti-age, there was someone had suggested, I don't know who it was, or maybe I heard it somewhere, that there might be a decrease in anti-Asian violence. But we got to watch our people. And watch how Ali Wong really just stands there and she's just, this is how I'm telling my story. I'm going to do my way. And you're either in or you're in the way. And I think that's something that we do mm-hmm. as parents. That's something that we have been doing um, on this in pandemic parenting. That's something that we do when we're trying to make a good life for ourselves. However, she brings it to her work. And I'm also watching my husband because he got things going on. And I'm like, when are you going to come home and change your girl's diapers and shit like that? So, oh my God. So, that's the Kevin the Dial, ladies and gentlemen. He does actually have a new second edition of his book, if I, if I may plug. Yes. Well, it was originally called That's So Gay, Microaggressions in the LGBT Community. But now that kind of, that that title didn't age well. So there's a new title, but you can go look him up on drkevinthedial.com. And I'm going to plug one more thing. You can watch me making Native New Yorker apparel. From Ooh. my business at and it's at Jamalani NYC. It's a store and you can look at our Instagram profile. We got some stuff because we outside. And if one thing I make sure to keep with me, no matter which struggle bus I transfer to, it's because of this pandemic, because of home ownership before, because of parenting and all this stuff, is that I don't always have to take myself so damn fucking seriously. Who are the people that I am watching? Obviously, I'm watching Steve. How do you feel about that politician from Tennessee, Justin Shea Bautista Jones? There are people to watch. However, we're going to watch them with their struggle bus because of (laughs) what the majority of that lawmaking body is and what they did the first time. When you go through something like that, it's because you have a bigger vision in mind. Mm. So, yeah, there's someone to watch. Also, I am very keen on what Bobby Flowells is up to next. Oh, so you know, I creep in his stories. I'm like, oh, he got this gig at this comedy club. Well, one day I'm gonna get myself a damn babysitter. I'm gonna go out, have a beer, and watch this show. It will happen one day. (laughs) It will happen. I am trying to get him to be more comfortable with his comedy 
because he is hilarious in person. Sometimes when he gets on stage, it like suddenly like it gets scripted. I'm like, no, you're much more funny than this. The most important thing is that, you know, what I'm really happy about when you say who we're watching, and then we both agree that we're definitely watching Assemblymember Raga. It's because we knew him before he was Assemblymember Raga. I think we should be watching, we should be watching our pods, our bubbles. <laughs> our bubbles. <laughs> because at the end of the day, those are the ones that carried us through this, these struggling times. And when I see you doing this podcast, which is something you actually toyed around with, number of years ago it's it's just it's delightful look at her she's doing the things that bring her joy and what's fascinating about the things that bring you joy is that they also do a lot of good for a lot of other people well Um, thank you so yeah you're definitely one to watch somebody remember raga i gotta keep tabs on what ali wong has to inspire me to do and bobby and and that man my man that the good old dr kevin nadal and maybe me if I can get in front of a mirror one day. Thank you. Make sure to follow them all this month and always. Mm-hmm. And also just one thing, it's heritage, it's history, it's pride. It's a chance this month for us to really to take down that little hyphen, Asian American, and to reframe it because Asian American is something that was given to us. And you can say, I'm, an ama- I'm Asian and with this American experience or... I'm American with this Asian experience. We don't have to be what's been handed down to us. Like the Philippines, I'm just telling Filipino people just get like all upset about not being seen. I'm like, first of all, we need to stop carrying this guy's name. It's like this stepfather that married our mom that never sees us. We still carry his name. We can make ourselves for ourselves and for everyone who is API listening, joining in, because I know there's a lot of you because this is a struggle bus. Celebrate your pride in yourself and your ancestors and who makes you in a way that brings you joy. And mm-hmm. if you want to go out and do that whole thing at the park or whatever event they have, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Make sure you're doing it to bring you joy because when every little joy you bring, little bit of joy you bring yourself, you're off that struggle bus, at least for a minute. <laughs> Thank you so much for the gems and just the thoughts today. Thank you for having me. This this is cathartic. I feel five pounds lighter. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Now I'm going to try my jeans, I'm going to realize I'm not. So. Oh, gosh. Always love talking to you. We'll see y'all next week. We will. Well, and she that's- will.